0: In the Bova News podcast series, I'm your host, Kim Bremmer, and in this Bova News episode, we'll be visiting with Eric Metzger, the General Manager of National All-Jersey Incorporated and the Herd Service Manager of American Jersey Cattle Association. We're going to discuss the Jersey breed, the associations, and the opportunities that both provide. Welcome, Eric.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here, and I
0: appreciate the invitation. To start us off today, Eric, what are you seeing for industry trends within the Jersey breed?
1: We are seeing a lot of growth um, to... Um, illustrate that if we look back at the year 2000, um, domestic NAAB semen sales, Jersey's had about a 5% market share. And if we fast forward to um, 2021 last year, uh, Jersey semen sales were nearly a 16% market share. So that's, a we consider that a pretty good track record of growth over that period of time. Uh, In addition, if we look at uh, production statistics, um, National DHIA, um, if we looked at Jersey's energy-corrected milk based on lactations in 2007 um, and the change to 2019, uh, we had about a 17% increase in energy-corrected milk. Um, Not only is the breed increasing the pound's of milk per cow, but we're also increasing the component level uh, in the Jersey milk as well, which is, provides a, an added boost um, to that energy corrected milk factor. Um, the last 10 years have been the association's 10 best years in terms of volume of registrations processed. Um, and our the cows enrolled in our performance evaluation program um, the last three to four years have been our strongest years as well. So it's been a, it's been a, a, a good run of growth for, for the breed and for the association.
0: And what percentage of Jersey breeders are utilizing genomic testing today?
1: The percentage of breeders is a little tougher to answer. We do know that about 35% of the registered anim- animals being registered are genotyped however um to to relate that back to um, uh, breeders per se, we know that we've got several you know very large herds that are genotyping all of their heifers um, more or less as a management tool. so the percentage of breeders I would say is is somewhat less than that, but again the the important statistic is probably um, around 35% of, of the registered animals are being genotyped.
0: So what benefits do you see from genomic testing for the Jersey breed?
1: I would say they're pretty much in line with what the, the benefits for, uh, the industry as a whole. It has, um, increased the accuracy of our geno- of our genetic evaluations, um, you know, prior to, uh, Genomics, if you got, uh, you know, a a heifer uh, with simply a sire dam information might have a reliability of 35% on uh, their genetic estimate as calculated by a parent average. Whereas now with genomics, that's up in the 70 to 75% reliability range. Um, Obviously, it's helped us identify high genetic merit animals um, at a much earlier age so that those animals um, on the bull side, uh, those those bulls can have a much uh, bigger influence on the breed much faster, uh, tightening the generation interval. And on the female side, um, you've got numerous high genetic merit heifers going into IVF programs, which again helps to accelerate the, the genetic progress of the breed. And then as far as, just shall we say the the rank and file animals, genomics helps um, sort breeders sort those so that they can do. Some of them are you know actually calling their heifer pens based on uh, genomic uh, results because if genomics indicate that uh, a particular heifer may have a challenging time being a profitable milk cow, um, they can uh, remove them from the herd before they invest the the resources to get them into into the milking herd. So um, we've seen numerous benefits from from genomic testing.
0: Now switching gears just a little bit, the Jersey breed has what many refer to as bracket jerseys. Can you talk to us about what this means or maybe give us a historical perspective on how this came to be?
1: Well probably best if we're going to talk about that to to go back and uh, revisit a little breed history. And that is that the Jersey Association in the late 70s or early 80s took a very progressive step and started to record animals that came from unknown um, ancestry. And originally, it was uh, an, an animal needed to be, um, for all intents and purposes, by the to the known to the owner to be nothing but a jersey but somewhere along the line uh, the recorded ancestry behind it, that animal was was lost and so they we started with what we called the genetic recovery program where an animal with unknown jersey ancestry could be recorded as a first generation animal and then the daughters would be um, second generation those daughters of uh, third generation and by fourth-generation animal, uh, they came directly into the herd book. Um, the first three generations had a prefix designation. Um, but by the fourth-generation animal, there, there was no longer a, a designation. And then um, in the early 1990s, uh, the membership approved a bylaws change where by animals that exhibited characteristics of jerseys, could be recorded in that genetic recovery program. If we then fast forward to the late 1990s, uh, we had the advent of what we called the Jersey Expansion Program. And in that program, uh, an animal that was Jersey sired and out of a dam of a different breed could actually be recorded and was given the name prefix of J1, kind of a, play off of an F1, uh, we adopted the, the naming prefix of J1. And after the J1 animal, uh, they were bred to Jersey sires then they would come into the genetic recovery program uh, as had been done previously. Then with the advent of genomics in uh, 20 around 2010, um, we discovered that there were uh, uh, a couple of prominent cows uh, that when we really got to looking at their, at their genomics, more than likely had some outside breed influence. And so that is when we evolved into uh, a dual program for naming animals. Part of it is a bracket suffix on an animal's name. And part of it is a JX prefix at the beginning of an animal's name. So, an animal that is known to have a non Jersey ancestor will carry a JX prefix for six generations from that known non Jersey ancestor. Now, the bracket aft, suffix um, to that name is simply uh, a generation count. For generations one through six, and so if an animal comes from uh, n- known Jersey ancestry, they may have a bracket suffix but not carry a JX prefix. And when animals are uh, are, are are mated. Um, so let's say two bracket the, the the bracket numbers go one through six as well, and so if you had a uh, let's say a bracket animal uh, with generation count one, who was mated to a bull that was a bracket uh, generation count four, the resulting progeny could move up one generation count from the lowest of the two parents, and so in that case the generation count one dam the progeny would become a generation count too. Um, So it added a lot of transparency to our recording system. The JX prefix indicates that this animal definitely has a known non-Jersey ancestor. And then the generation count helps to identify how many generations in arrears that unknown or non-Jersey ancestor appears. So the reaction, I believe, once um, producers understood um, the, the concept of the program was positive because it was the most transparent program we had um, used to date to record animals that originated from either unknown or other breed ancestry.
0: And how did Jersey breeders initially react to this?
1: Well, again, um, they've uh, some breeders who don't want to use those animals in their breeding programs um, because of the way the animals are labeled uh, can avoid the animals that have the the known non-Jersey genetics. Whereas other breeders, um, for whom that is not an issue, um, they they have the transparency to know what they're buying um, and what the resulting uh, progeny and descendants are, are, are going to be. Um, but it's, it's, it's helped um, from both aspects. The folks who want to avoid those genetics can avoid those genetics and the others uh, know exactly what they're, what they're buying and how it will impact the, um, the, the, the naming or the generation count of their animals going forward. So,
0: and Eric, how do you see this genetic trend continuing to evolve?
1: I think as long as Jersey genetics um, provide profitable genetics to commercial breeders, um, we'll continue to see uh, animals being recorded um, both uh, through the through the jx program, but also the you know the, the the breeders who are operating outside of the jx program are going to have ample genetics for their breeding programs as well but, you know when the, the dairy industry' is making a concerted effort to improve the the sustainability of the industry and that's taking a lot of forms um, whether it be, how um, crops are raised or how um, animals are fed or how manure is handled um, or how, how milk is transported, how it's processed, packaged. But one of the aspects um, it's, as far as the cow itself, the three facets of the cow that itself that have the greatest determination on sustainability are the size of the animal, the production level of the animal, and the component level of the milk. And jerseys have a distinct advantage in two of those three areas, being that we have a, a small to a medium-sized cow and we and we have high component milk. And as commercial breeders um, recognize that and realize that and want to incorporate Jersey genetics into their herds, um, some of those breeders in turn are going to want to work with the breed association on recording animals and using programs and services to help them to improve the the genetics of, of their breeds. So from that standpoint, I think we're going to continue to have an influx of animals um, on the female side, into the into the JX program. And by the same token, um, a lot of the long-established herds um, that are operating outside of the JX program certainly have ample opportunity to continue improving their genetics uh, using bulls through AI that, that, that aren't JX. And one of the real um, important tools That we provide to our breeders is a is a is a bull sorting tool that that we call Bullseye, and it's it's available free of charge through our main website, which is the usjersey.com website, and it allows the user to sort bulls on a myriad of production traits, type traits, um, health traits. Um, but also registration status. And so if a breeder wants to go in and look at the bulls that are available through AI, um, either active AI bulls, the proven bulls, or the genomic tested bulls, et cetera, they can put in a myriad of sort options. And if they simply want to, um, you know, avoid bulls that are JX or generation count, uh, Bullseye allows them, the opportunity to filter those bulls out from the start. and then they can start to, you know put in minimums for pounds of protein or utter depth or um, any of the other traits that, that bulls are, are evaluated for. So I think there we're, we're going to continue to see uh, movement of, along both tracks.
0: So switching gears a little bit, what is the Jersey Youth Academy? Can you tell us a little bit about the program, the goals of the program? How many years has it been around?
1: Jersey Youth Academy, um, in its simplest form, is summer camp for intensive indoctrination into the dairy industry. It is a week-long program where we bring students into the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, We actually put them up at a dorm of one of the local universities. Um, And it is designed for students who are juniors and seniors in high school or freshmen and sophomores in college. Um, There's an application process um, whereby uh, students who are interested uh, can apply for the program. Um, there's a selection committee uh, to choose the students that uh, get to participate. We try to limit participation to 32 to 35 students in order to keep it a, um, a close, tight-knit group um, that uh, gets to work and, and, and relate to each other. But then while they, are, they, they, they come in on a Sunday and it runs through a Friday afternoon, and we try to expose them to as many facets of the dairy industry as we can. Um, we have, have a half a day with an AI organization. Uh, we get out to dairy farms, um, some of them being small, uh, value-added producers who decided to process their own milk and do it from a limited number of cows uh, and generate their um, livable wage off of not selling commodity milk, but by selling a a value-added product. Um, We'll go to large commercial uh, confinement operations. Um, We will go to farms that are selling high-end genetics. And there have even been times when The students have been able to observe uh, the IVF process as those oocytes are are being harvested from the the donor female. Um, We take them to agritourism. Um, So we have um, outside speakers come in uh, that will talk about milk marketing, uh, that will talk about genetics, Um, They'll talk about research opportunities. So it's really uh, an intensive program, varied program. We're trying to show these folks, uh, these students, as they are making some uh, perhaps career path determinations, just how many different options there are uh, in the dairy industry besides just milking cows. but by the same token, if they want to milk cows, there's various ways to do that as well. Um, in a way, it's, it, it's kind of spitballing. Uh, throw a lot of spitballs and uh, different spitballs stick to different students. Uh, we do it every other summer. Um, and so our, our eighth class will be uh, next summer in, the, in July of
0: 2023. And where can people go to get an application? On our
1: U.S. Jersey uh, website, again, usjersey.com, there is a segment on that website for youth programs, and within youth programs, uh, there's Jersey Youth Academy, and the application can be downloaded from that section on our website.
0: Excellent. And what's the new Jersey tag store, and how does it work?
1: Well, We are a vendor for um, Allflex tags, and the we 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 take the orders from producers, um, and pass those on to Allflex, who actually produce the tags, and then Allflex drop ships them to the dairies. And the the online tag store is allows producers to go in and order the tags that they want. for themselves. Um, it shows them all the you know the different sizes that are available, uh, the different colors, um, the different layouts. Uh, you know, if they want a custom tag that has uh, the calf's birth date and the SIRE's NAB code and the dam's control number, they can go into that Jersey tag store and uh, play around with different layouts. Uh, until they get a tag that looks the way they, they want it to, to, to look for them. And then they can, can submit the orders through that, through that website um, for our review, and then uh, we pass it on electronically um, to Allflex to be produced.
0: Now, as we wrap up today in general, uh, the American Jersey Cattle Association has continued to evolve with the changing industry. What do you see for the future?
1: I see um, a continued focus uh, on, on genetics um, and a continued focus on producing the type of milk um, that, that consumers want. Um, if we look at milk marketing today today, less than 20% of the milk produced in the country is used for uh, fluid consumption. So that means over 80% of the milk is going into some type of manufactured product, whether it be uh, cheese or butter or uh, non-fat dry milk or yogurt. Um, and the, the reason that consumers are buying those products, uh, number one is they like the taste and taste, uh, taste comes from, from, from fat and from protein. But the other is protein. Consumers are very uh, focused on protein as well. So we want to keep our, our, our genetic focus uh, on production of those traits. And again, it can be expensive to haul water, and it can be expensive for the industry to remove water as um, they're making those manufactured products. Uh, you know the, the cheese, the butter, the non-fat dry milk, and so uh, we want to continue to focus on producing the type of milk uh, that the industry wants and that our that our consumers want.
0: Thank you so much, Eric, for taking the time with us today and sharing your expertise. We appreciate all you do for the dairy industry and, in particular, the Jersey breed. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovenews.com for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer, and from everyone at Bovenews, have a great day.